in the right place. Everybody say, I'm in the right place. I'm in the right place. You know, we should be so excited about the life that we have been given. Yesterday, my wife and I ended up in the hospital, uh, mainly because of me, and I'll share a little bit about that in just a moment. The devil tried to scare me. How many of you have ever been tried to be scared by the devil? Can I see your hand? And he's good at what he does, but God is better than what he does because God has the final say. So yeah, let's give the Lord a hand. And let's say, God has the final say. God has the final say. I convinced the doctor that the only challenge I was having was too much housework, and uh, so he, he concurred with me and uh, said, get out of here, boy, and uh, my wife was there as a witness to what happened, so, and our daughter, so, uh, so no more housework for me, and I'm okay. But think about this. You were destined, I want to get ready to give a, a, a God thanks like, like we've just won the Super Bowl, but it's so much more than that. We've won a super retirement plan. How many of you know that it's great to have a good retirement plan on this earth? But we have the greatest retirement plan in all of the world. We're going to eventually go to a place where there are streets of gold. That's just the pavement. Then we got the mansion. And then we got all the rewards that God's going to give us. And God, when you show up on the doorstep, He doesn't remember anything you ever did wrong. Everything is going to be beautiful. Everything is going to be new. And it's all because Jesus went to the cross. A lot of people, they mourn and they, and they have real, real parties about the cross. And that's fine if that's where their faith is. But I am thankful for the cross. I am rejoicing for the blood that was shed at the cross. Because it was God's idea. Everybody say it was God's idea. The devil didn't crucify Jesus for all of our sins. It was God's plan, God's covenant. Once and for all, we are going from victory to victory. We will never know defeat unless we allow it. Let's give the Lord thanks. You've heard me say this so many times in this church. I am so thankful. I'm not going to get what I deserve. I'm going to get what the Word of God said. Now let's give Him praise. Let's thank Him. God is a good God. And as we make our confession, it is so true. God has great things in store for you. And before we make this confession, I want to share just a quick little joke. I can so relate to this. This woman called the doctor. <coughs> Excuse me. And she was panicking. And she said, Doctor, I, I, I got to speak to the doctor right away. The nurse said, well, What is it? I, I can help you. And said, I, It's about this prescription that I have. The doctor said, I'll, I'll take it the rest of my life. And, and said, well, what, what is your question? And says, It says no refills. <laughs> when I thought about that, I thought about a couple of prescriptions I have. And it does say, The doctor did say, You're going to have to take this the rest of your life. First of all, I don't necessarily believe that. Secondly, each one of them say, no refills. <laughs> now, let's make our confession because it is so true. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. And you say amen. 
Now, the word of God today <coughs> is that we're thanking God for the victory that we have by faith. And we're going to be talking about faith and about the truth of the word of God. We are who God says we are are we are enjoying the victory that god says we have and nothing else matters woke up in a hospital bed several years ago when i looked at that when i when i woke up in the middle of the night i was drenched in sweat it was a cold demonic sweat does that even make sense to anybody it just was yucky and this is what i heard i felt the presence of the devil and this is what i felt i heard I'm going to kill you. And I just was startled for a moment. You are? I mean, that was my response. And then I thought, no, I don't think so. I know who I am. Turn to your neighbor and ask me, do you know who you are? And it was like looking at the devil. I didn't see the devil, but I felt his presence. And it was like looking at the devil and thinking, all of a sudden, snapping out of it and saying, who do you think you are? And who do you think you're messing with? Because I'm a child of God. You're a child of God. And we are on a mission from God. So let's all say, I'm on a mission from God. And if you live what we're about to say and what we're about to hear here, your life will be victorious every moment on this earth. doesn't mean you won't fall down sometimes. It just means you get back up. When you fall down, you get back up. When you miss the first shot, you take the second shot. You don't think about the first one. You move on from glory to glory. Can you say amen? amen. Let's hear Let's hear the, our next confession, or do we have it? Here it is. The oldie but the goodie. The word of God is true. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor, it's just that simple. You can all be seated. Good to have you in the house of the Lord. You are in the right place. <clears throat> Thank God for this season. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for what Jesus did for us. I encourage all of you to see the movie Unplanned. Uh, um, um, <laughs> Megan or Morgan shared it with you, but it is, it is an interesting movie. But I believe it's a must-see movie for everyone in America and in the world. Praise God. Pamela, you got my notes over there. You're ready to, to uh, uh, come up here if I need you. So we're all set and ready to go. My wife is absolutely awesome. When I grow up, I want to be like her. Let's, let's give Pastor Pam a hand. She does a great job. She does a great job. <clears throat> we're going to start out reading a couple of familiar scriptures to all of you uh, because we're living victory, but we're living it by faith. And if you understand how the message of faith works, my life was changed when God sent us to Tulsa, Oklahoma, Victory Bible Institute, and really just sat under the teaching of the Word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept. If this is what the Word of God says, this is how you have to receive it. You need to act upon it. You need to believe it, not based on what you see, but based on what you believe, because what we see can become distorted. We should see what we believe. Everybody say, I should see what I believe. And the Word of God is truth. And the Word of God, you've heard this for many times what I've been sharing up here. Almost every message that I've shared recently, I've used this scripture. But it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 of 58. And it says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory. So let's all say, I have the victory. 
Now, if you know what you have, then you have to understand what it is and how to use it so it works for you. We have the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are to be steadfast. Go ahead and help me out. Steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor is not in vain. In other words, we're not going to move off of what the Word of God says. And then over in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says that this is the victory that overcomes the world. The world system has no place in us. The world has no place in us. The devil has no place in us. He has been defeated. Powers and principalities have been defeated. And that this is the victory that overcomes the world. What is it? Our faith in Jesus. Our faith in Almighty God. Our faith that no matter what I see, I'm going to be okay. If I fall, I shall arise. If I look at my checkbook and it doesn't look right, I just quote the word of God over that. Father, I thank you that I have abundance. I thank you. I thank you. We attract what we believe. We attract what our faith is. And if we have faith of attraction, we will attract it. But also, on the other hand, everybody say on the other hand. On the other hand, you can attract the things of the devil. And how you set yourself will determine your destiny. I have never used a cell phone up here. I have always used my Bible, but this thing was too long to remember, I mean to uh, print out. So I wanted to read it to you. And it, I was reminded of it this morning just before I came in here. It, it's an old Cherokee uh, legend. Uh, it's used a lot in leadership schools and classes, and people have used it, so it's, it's nothing new. But an old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. Uh, a fight is going on inside me, he said to the young boy. It's a terrible fight, and it's one between two wolves. One is evil. He's angry, envious, sorrowful, regretful, greedy, arrogant, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, super ego, super, uh, superiority. And the grandfather continued. The other, the other wolf inside me is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside you and every person and every other person, the fight between these two wolves. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, well, grandfather, which wolf will win? And the old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed, the one you feed. If we feed our faith, our faith grows. If we feed our fear, what happens? Our fear grows. How many of you know that in your life, fear is real? You feel it when it comes. And what we have to do is meet it right at the door with faith and say, I am a child of God. I know who I am. I know what the Word of God says. I know what God has shown me to do. I'm going to live a long and healthy life. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm going to live a long and healthy life. It is the will of God. A lot of people right now, it looks like that may, may not happen. But the word of God is true. Everything else is secondary. The word of God is truth. So let's all say it. The word of God, word is, God. is true. So we live the word, we meditate the word, we speak the word, and the word is what works in our life. Now Jesus said, everybody say Jesus said. Jesus said, Jesus said the following. 
It's not new to you. I know you know this. But sometimes when that fear meets you at the door, I'm, I don't have enough money to pay my bill. Let me see. the this. My hand is the first one raised. We have had times when we were serving God, living the word of God, speaking the word of God, praying the word of God, and we didn't have enough money for groceries. But we were living the word of God, speaking the word of God, praying the word of God. And we had one time out there in Tulsa, we had no food on a certain day. And you went to see a lady. I don't, you just riding around. You just riding around and stopped to see this lady. And this lady gave us a pan of lasagna. Now, I've never considered a pan of lasagna the abundance, okay? But at that moment, the pan of lasagna was an abundance. We came home and devoured that thing. I think it lasted us two days. But in the midst of it all, we had learned that we had to walk by faith and not by sight. And the fact that we didn't have food didn't mean we didn't have abundance. We have abundance because the word of God says so. My God shall meet all of my needs because the word of God says so. Checkbook doesn't say so. Your job doesn't say so. People don't say so, unless they're lining up with the word of God. But it's what the word of God says. And in John chapter 10, verse 10, I can recall meditating this thing over and over and over again. And then it's kind of like the guy like this. It's like you meditate it and then you're looking to see if anything changed. Nothing changed. But breakthrough is coming. Tell your neighbor, breakthrough is coming. And Jesus said that, that the devil is coming to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. So therefore, if Jesus said, I have come and given you the abundant life, what do we have? Life. We have the abundant life. So let's all say, I have the abundant life. Well, what do we have? What does it really say in abundance? What does that word really mean that Jesus gave to us? We should have it up there. Hope we do. If we don't, I'll give it to you. We'll find out. There it is. Let's give our PowerPoint people a hand. Usually, now we can do better than that. Because usually the only time we recognize them is when something goes wrong. <laughs> we thank God for all of you and all of our sound people. It means to have excessive, overflowing, surplus, over and above, more than enough, profuse, extraordinary, more than sufficient. Now, that's not something we're going to have. That's something we have. How many of you have a bank account? Can I see your hands? Uh, hopefully, you all have money in it, you know, or money somewhere, uh, and, and you have it. But you probably don't have it on you right now. But you know it's yours, but it's somewhere else. It's yours, it's attached to you, but right now it's detached from you. You would have to go get it to know that it's yours to have. We have abundance because of not what we see, but what we believe. So if, therefore, let's all say, I believe I have abundance for every need. So therefore, our faith is established in that area. We're not going to be fearful about tomorrow. We're not going to be concerned about whether we have something or whether we don't have something. We are going to walk by faith and not by sight. You've heard me share this many times, but how Pastor Doherty had made a mistake. Can I see the hands of anybody that's ever made a mistake? You make a mistake, and all of a sudden, there's a, there's a response to that, like, I made a mistake. We, uh, he, made, he made a $3 million mistake. Uh, was moving on a building, uh, $3 million in debt to the bank, 
And, and, and when he realized it and God showed him, you're going the wrong direction. He repented before the church or repented before the uh, God, asked God's forgiveness, and then said, God is going to take care of this. And everybody came around and began to tell him that, no, it's a bad economy. Uh, you know, you're not going to be able to sell that building. There are a lot of people that told him that it wasn't going to work. Can I see the hands of all the people? There's a lot of people told you what you believe is not going to work. Can I see your hand? There are a lot of them out there. And you have to stand in the midst of it. And you have to stand on the word of God. Love the people, but stand on the word of God. And say, this is what the word of God says. This is what I believe. I love you, but I don't believe the way you believe. And you need to believe the way I believe, because this is the way of the truth. This is what God has given to us. And he stood, and he stood, and he stood. And they said, it'll never work. And he was, it came, it's in his book back then, the library, it's a powerful book. But God sent the richest man in America at that time, Sam Walton, down by that church building that was an old car dealership, looked at it, said, what is it? Said, it's a ministry, $3 million in debt, and they're trying to sell it and get out of debt. And he said, give them $3,100,000 in one day. Everybody say one day. One day. Tell your neighbor, tomorrow's coming. One day it went from a $3 million debt that they couldn't service to $100,000 in the bank. Let's all say, give me some of that. <clears throat> it can happen, it can happen, it can happen, it can happen. Pam and I have been so blessed. There was a time in this ministry, we've always walked by faith and not by sight. There was a time in this ministry when, when, when we were really struggling, really struggling. And, uh, and, and we had just moved. Sue O'Brien had found this facility for us, blessed a, a facility. Uh, we, 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 I thought I bit off more than I could chew in regard to the amount of money that God, that the rent factor was going to be here. And I remember praying and saying, God, I don't know what to do. And this is what I heard in my spirit. Go to the landlord and tell him. And I, I had met the landlord because somebody told me, don't ever go into business with this landlord because he'll keep you to the contract. I thought, duh. <laughs> what is wrong with that? <clears throat> and I went over and met the gentleman. He's in heaven right now. Wonderful guy. I became a good friend. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and he's in heaven now. But but I, I said, God, I don't know what to do. And I felt a word from the Lord. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. So we have the written word, which we look at and we live. And then we have the current manna from God that we need. And I didn't know what to do. And at the time, I went to the finance committee. And I said, I feel like I'm supposed to go tell the landlord that, I, that we just took it on too much. Now, it wasn't very much money. It was just a few hundred dollars. How many of you, if you, don't, how many of you know if you don't have a few hundred dollars, it's a lot of money? Yes. <laughs> and it was a lot of money. We didn't have <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. <coughs> that was just pretense. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and uh, so it's one person. They're no longer with us. They've, they've been gone for a long time. But they were well-intended. <clears throat> Most of them on the finance committee thought it was a good idea. This person said, it's a bad idea. I said, really? I said, yeah. They're going to think that we don't have enough money to stay there, and it's going to create a problem with the landlord. I said, well, that makes sense. And I prayed about it, and I felt like what the Lord said. And we'd always, always felt like we'd never make a decision without a unanimous consent of the finance committee. 
because we didn't want to go into battle and, and find three out of seven uh, didn't want to be in the battle in the first place. You know, <laughs> Who are you, Kimisabi? <laughs> that type of thing. <laughs> no, we're going to go into a unity or not. <clears throat> and I remember walking over, uh, going over to see the landlord and telling them, and in spite of that, that situation, told the landlord, and he looked at Jack Nichols, just a wonderful man of God. I, I, I love Jack. And, and uh, he said, well, I think God's got you right where he wants you. I thought, well, that's interesting. I think that's great. And, and then he said, uh, why don't I just give you back $400 every month on the rent? Now, that doesn't sound like much money to any of you, but that was a lot of money to us back then. Uh, that was back in the days we just come off of uh, being enjoying the tin for whatever dollar amount cheeseburgers. And uh, so anyway, he has done that for so many years. It is thousands of dollars that that $400 came. And it was because of faith that God did it. In other words, God wants us to plug into whatever he tells us. If God tells you, you plug into it, and that's all you need to do. Let's, say, let's all say, I need to plug in. Because God says that we are supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. I am healed because of the word of God. I have the mind of Christ because of my faith in the word of God. I'm blessed coming and I'm blessed going because of my faith in the word of God. I have abundance, not based on what I see, but based on what Jesus said. If Jesus said it, that settles it. Let's all say this. If Jesus said it, the issue is settled. <laughs> now the devil will come and walk about as that roaring lion, seeking whom he may destroy, trying to tell you something that contradicts the word of God. Every hand should be raised right now. How many of you ever feel the devil has come into your life, your mind, and tried to contradict the word of God? Every single one of us. It is how long we stay connected to that thought that determines whether we're going to walk in victory or whether we're going to pull away from the victory and have that moment of defeat in our life when we just kind of pull back and, and don't release the power of the Word of God in our life. It is so important to understand how faith works with God because if you don't, if you don't start with your faith right where it is, then you'll never have the faith that God wants you to develop. Pam and I, when we were in Tulsa, really struggled. And there was a time, and some of you heard this story before, <clears throat> when Pam was playing tennis. Pam, Pam and I used to play a lot of tennis, and Pam was really good. She is competitive. If she can't beat you she'll, with her game, she'll beat you with trash talk. She is <laughs> really into no. <laughs> She is... <clears throat> we haven't played for a while. Each, each spring we say we're going to play. We're going to play again. This is spring. But, uh, but she became quite good. She really did. And boy, she, she was not a happy camper. She, if I beat her, she was not a happy camper. But she was going to play. In, uh, she was on staff at the school, Victory Christian School. And she was going to play against the varsity tennis team against the staff. And uh, I think that most of the staff didn't play that well, and, and they thought it was a bunch of pushovers till this girl came with Pam, and <laughs> Pam sent her home crying. <laughs> I remember that still. I thought it was great. And the girl's parents didn't like it, but I thought it was great. 
<clears throat> but but on that morning, we were really, really, it was a, a tremendous struggle. Walking by faith, not by sight. Didn't have enough gas in the car. Uh, to, I didn't think I had enough gas to get there and back. I'd heard preachers come to Tulsa and give and share, and they say, oh, God stretched out my gas. Well, I didn't have faith that God was going to stretch my gas. I don't know. Maybe I should have, but, but I was believing that, well, God, please get me there and back, and then something will happen. I knew something was going to happen, but I just didn't know what. I really didn't have that type of faith that, that God is trying to develop in all of us now. And but when I got to the tennis court and let Pam out, I just sat there in the car. And I don't know about, about you, but sometimes I just, I just sit and cry because I feel like I don't know what else to do. I, I don't know if any of you ever been there or not. It's like, God, I think I've done everything I know to do. I don't know what else to do. And I just sat there in that car. And I don't know how long I was in that car, but I got out of the car and I walked across the thing to go watch Pam play tennis. The guy got out of his car and came over and said, Bill, God spoke to me this morning. I'm supposed to give you a $20 bill. Jesus, that really blessed me. Thank you. I mean, I was so excited. Uh, now, today, a $20 bill back then, we, we put $15 in that. I still remember this, put 50 or 10 or 15. 10 or $15 in the gas tank, and uh, we had to get us another cheeseburger. We had a lot of, we had a lot of cheeseburgers. <laughs> but it, then that built my faith for the next level of whatever. I remember the time when, when, when God blessed us with our first car. Do you remember that? I told Pam one time, I'd heard people about getting cars. I've never seen that happen. How many of you want to operate in the supernatural? Let's say, God, I want to operate in the supernatural. That's walking by faith and not by sight. One of the, one of the best scriptures in the Bible is, is when Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. Have faith in God. If you're a parent here, you know that you love to bless your children. And when they'll do what you tell them, you want to bless them. You want to bless them. And you know that you love it when your children say, Dad, I love you, and I have faith in you. I just love it that you're my father. I know you're going to take care of all of my needs. Well, that's Mark 11:22. Have faith in God, and that our faith is in God. And I remember telling Pam when this person bought this car, I just said, that is one of the most beautiful cars I've ever seen. Man, if I were going to go out and buy a car, I would buy that car. Now, I believe that our God loves us so much and wants our faith to be in him that if he wants you to have anything, he'll give it to you if you have the faith to believe for it. So let's all say, I have, I have faith, to believe faith to believe for anything. anything. It wasn't, I have to have that car. It wasn't, I want to have that car. But it was, God, that's a beautiful car. And if I'm going to buy a car, I'd buy that car. Now, we're still struggling. Now, I, I shouldn't say struggling, but we're still plugging into faith. Thank God, do I really know what I'm doing? Th that's probably really more important than, str than struggling to me. That's a better word. God, do I really know what I'm doing? That's probably where I've been much of my life. God, do I really know what I'm doing? Basically, what I'm saying is, God, am I really hearing from you? Am I really hearing from you? I know I'm hearing but I'm really hearing from you. What Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. Tell your neighbor, you hear from God. You hear from God, but then God doesn't tell you what he wants you to know and then leave it all in your lap that you have to pay for it, you have to do it, you have to figure out. He's going to tell you, he's going to give you a plan, he's going to show you, and it's going to come in his perfect timing. 
not yours. My timing and God's timing has never been the same. <laughs> but one day, Pam and I were walking out of that Maybe Center. And I'll never forget this day. We were walking out the side door where the staff came, where the church met at Oral Roberts University. And the man was sitting in his car. And he said, hey, Bill, come here. And it took me over to his car. And he said, my wife and I have been praying, and we believe God wants us to give you this car. The only condition is I don't want you to tell anybody who did it. I'll meet that condition. <laughs> I'm game. And it was amazing how faith works. That if you release your faith in God, he is no respecter of persons. Tell your neighbor, he's no respecter of persons. So therefore, we line up by faith knowing that God's going to take care of this day. Because Jesus said that th this day, all we need to do is focus upon him and everything that we have need of will come to pass. He knows where you are today. He knows what your needs are. He knows who he wants you to bless. He, know, he knows what he wants you to hear. So he's going to speak it to you and he's going to show it to you. Now, if we line up with the word of God, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence. Everybody say evidence. The evidence of things not seen. I'm going to say that again. <coughs> faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. In other words, whatever the word of God says, that's what I see. I have evidence of what I see. Show me your evidence. It's the word of God. It's in my prayer journal. No, that's not the evidence I mean. I'm talking about evidence of no. No, that's not it. We're, we're talking about evidence based on faith in the realm of the spirit. I have a sound mind. My children are going to be blessed. My children are going to accomplish their God-given destiny on this earth. I am going to accomplish my God-given destiny because I walk by faith and not by sight. Not because I don't make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But that God has come into covenant with us and we are in covenant with him and we walk by faith and not by sight. And that when we get to that point, we're starting to live. See, God framed the whole world by his word. He just spoke a word and it was framed. If you understand this, it'll change your life. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We believe, therefore we speak. We be Let's just say, I believe, I believe. Therefore, I speak. therefore I speak. Some people speak too quickly. They open their mouths and speak too quickly because they're describing a situation instead of speaking what they believe. I don't believe what I see. I see what I believe. Does that make sense? I'm not going to believe what I see. I'm going to see what I believe. I believe God has a plan and a purpose for each one of your lives. God wants to bless you financially. God wants to give, 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 give. And if you ever do a research on the word of God, God gave the Garden of Eden. God gave the land. God gave Jesus. God gave, God gave, God gave, God gave, all through there. And now he wants us to turn around, receive, and do the same thing and give out and let it flow from us. Flows into us, flows out from us. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. That God is a rewarder. Of, they're going to put that up there in just a moment because this is so important. <clears throat> we, 
without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Everybody say, God is a rewarder. Of those who diligently seek him. Say, God is a rewarder again. Tell your neighbor, God is a rewarder. Don't you love to reward your children? Bless your children. Of those who diligently seek him. Now, if you look up that word, diligently, it means to crave. In other words, I, I just can't get enough of God. I just, I want to talk to God all the time. I want to be with God all the time. I want to read the word of God all the time. I want to read motivational books about God. I want to be in the realm of the spirit all the time. I want to stay diligent with God because he is a rewarder and he wants to reward that type of faith. My wife is my greatest blessing. I love everybody, but my wife's a blessing. Sometimes she says things that just really drive me up a wall. <laughs> I called, I told somebody the other day, we walked in somewhere, and I said, oh, this is my wife, she's my handler. And uh, <laughs> they, started, they started to laugh, and I was somewhere else, and she walked in the room, oh, El Capitan is here, and I, I gave a salute and all, but uh, <clears throat> my wife has to put up with a lot. When, when God brought Pam into my life, by faith, I prayed, and I said, God, I know that you're capable of bringing a wife to me. And if you have someone for me, you know, bring them in. If you don't have, I don't ever want to be married again. And, uh, and God gave me Pam's name in the middle of the night. And, uh, and, and God, when, when all this happens supernaturally, and we don't have time to do that today, but uh, God told her that he will not have walked where you have walked and will not have been in the Word like you, because I had just gotten saved, and Pam had been saved for three, four years, maybe, maybe longer than that, and, uh, and I proved to her that God was right. Uh, <laughs> I proved to her that God was absolutely right on. <coughs> I put her through a lot of hardship. Lori, in the very beginning of our marriage, I wrote her mom a note that accidentally fell out several years later. You, what are you, four or five years old, something like that? No, no, you're older than that. What, how old were you? Eight. Eight. Lori was eight when we got married. And I found this note she gave her mom. Said, I said, something wasn't going right. And she said, please don't tell Bill because it, it scares me when he grits his teeth. <laughs> I, I thought, oh, my goodness. I said, go to my grave with Lori remembering that I gritted my teeth. I, please, re God, remove, please remove that from her mind, Lord. And she says, hey. <laughs> now, I'm sure... I'm sure she's right. I'm sure that's exactly true. <clears throat> but anyway, the other day I was I was dumping some stuff on Pam, and uh, uh, as I do sometimes, and uh, she said, "Well, I, I think what I think the problem is." And I said, "Well, what's that?" She said, "I think you're watching too much Fox News." I thought, "Glory to God!" It's <laughs> too much Fox News. That's because you're addicted to that Hallmark stuff. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say it, but that's what I thought. It's like, how much Hallmark can you have? Glory to God. <clears throat> apparently, apparently in our house a lot. <laughs> and I, I just kind of shrugged it off. Thought, eh, whatever, you know. And, and, and then I did something that's very valuable. Everybody said, you really need to listen to this. Instead of murmuring about what she said, I prayed about it. And you know what? 
I think she's right. <laughs> Darn, that's all the time. <laughs> and I told her the other day, I said, honey, I really apologize for my attitude with that. I said, I think you're right. I think I have been watching too much of it. I've been spending more time there than really the promises of God and the right types of the book. And I was starting to get addicted to that. I saw that. She hasn't seen the addiction to Hallmark yet. <laughs> and so I, I've repented and I moved on. I never stopped watching them. But I do believe that I was getting into a little bit of a negativity. Because listen to this. A lot of stuff that we're hearing in the world today and in our country and the, the morality and the things that are sweeping the world and all, they were, they were predicted to us in 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 4, Matthew chapter 23, 24, Jesus told us what's going to happen in the last days. But in both cases, you know what Jesus told us? He said the man of God, rooted and founded in the word of God, walking by faith, is going to be okay. So no matter what happens in these latter days, we're going to be okay. That's what I say. I'm going to be okay. Why? Because we walk by faith and not by sight. It says the man of God will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'm a man of God. Every one of you say, I'm a man of God or I'm a woman of God. Or with the new terminologies, I'm a thing of God. How's that? Uh, glory to God. That's, I'm sorry, that's for another time. That's for another time. That's for another time. Now, <laughs> I want to give you, in, in Mark 11, uh, 23 and 24, this is such a powerful scripture. Rama Bible Training Center that has absolutely influenced the entire world set the foundation of that school upon Mark 11, 23 and 24. That when the obstacles, and when you see the word mountain here, it means obstacles and hindrances to God's will. <clears throat> For assuredly I say to you that whoever says to these mountains, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says he will have, he will have what he says. And it goes on to say that, that the things, but therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe. When you pray, believe. When you pray, believe. When you pray, believe. When you pray, believe, you receive them, and you will have them. In other words, we establish by speaking to the mountain. Now, this is what happens to a lot of people if you're not careful. And I see this all the time. I see it creep up sometimes in my life too. <clears throat> but I love to observe people <clears throat> to try to help them. But a lot of people are not speaking to their mountains, the, the, the obstacles. They're describing them. They're describing them. That every time something happened, well, I, this happened and that happened and this happened and that happened. Let me pick up my phone and tell this person and this person and this person and this person and this person. And I, yeah, I do need you to pray for me, but I want you to tell you about this. What they do is describe, describe, describe. Nowhere are we called to describe the insurmountable obstacles that are coming against us. We are called to speak forth against them and that they will be cast out of our lives. They will be cast away. You won't have them to meditate and you will attract the power of God into your life. Uh, now, how do we do this? We do this by not looking at the thing that is the obstacle, but speaking to it and saying, let's all say it right now. You repeat this after me. My God, My God. will supply all of my needs. 
according to his riches and glory. I'm blessed coming. I'm blessed going. I have the mind of Christ. When your mind is all messed up and you can't think straight, what you need to do is speak the word of God. I have the mind of Christ. Say it. I have the mind of Christ. And therefore, you became, you speak clarity into your life by attracting what God wants you to have. When you understand how important it is to speak the truth, live the truth, think the truth, act upon the truth, and share the truth, then you become different to other people and you don't blend in. You become what were described in the Word of God, a peculiar person. Turn to your, you're sitting right next to one. Just turn to your neighbor and say, you look peculiar. We are peculiar people. We are. We are not of the world. We are a bright light that walks into a room and lightens the room instead of the person who lightens the room when they leave the room. We are the person who brightens the word when we walk in because we're living the word of God. We're speaking the word of God. We're talking the word of God. Now, here's what happens to a lot of people. <clears throat> it sometimes happens to me. You don't see it up here, I hope, but it sometimes happens to me. I get weary. I start to get, once I start to get weary, if I don't do something about it, I'll start to get discouraged. Weariness always precedes discouragement. And if you allow yourself to get weary, it'll start to pull you down spiritually. And in Ephesians, uh, uh, excuse me, Galatians chapter 6, it's, it, it speaks to us and tells us about weariness. Let us not grow weary. <laughs> now that sounds like a contradiction. We're saying, oh, wait a minute. I know I feel weary. We don't live by feelings, though. So then... What do I do? I speak something that is not as if it were. Duh. Yes. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. I speak those things forth. Even though I may not feel it, I speak it. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't really have a definition for due season. All I know is due season is not on my time clock, but I know it works. Due season is up to God. Everybody say, due season is up to God. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. In other words, if we don't lose faith in God, we're going we're to reap. It's just a question of when. And I believe that there are a lot of people that have grown weary. And it's not a bad confession if you have grown weary, but you don't want to stay weary because the Word of God is truth. The longer you stay weary, the longer you will move and slide down that slippery slope into discouragement. I know many people today that the, the real root of the problem because they're detaching from the things of God is they have become weary in well-doing. They tried to do well, and it didn't work out the way they thought it would. And sometimes they try to take control and try to take it from God. But I know this. It works if you walk by faith and not by sight. If you do what God says, 
Uh, God says, bring the tithes into the storehouse. By faith, you do that. Uh, God says, I'll open the windows of heaven. By faith, you do that. When Pam and I started tithing, we did not see the windows of heaven open. Uh, as a matter of fact, there was a couple of times I said to her, if this is the windows of heaven, I'm really surprised because I thought it was going to be a lot more than that. But we kept at it, and we kept at it, and we kept at it, and we kept at it. We kept doing it by faith, by faith, by faith. We've seen the windows of heaven open. We have seen it. We have seen it. That's true with anything else in the Word of God. In the hospital room, a merry heart. What does the Word of God say about a merry heart? Just good like a medicine. In the hospital room, they had me hooked up to that stuff, and uh, and Pam and I were, I was trying to be lighthearted and all, and we, I forget what it was, we started laughing. She says, my goodness, your heart rate's unbelievable. And, and it went from 45 95. It went from 45 to 95. It's like a car. Whoop, boom. And, and all of a sudden, she said, look at that. And I, and I looked at her and I said, wow. And the nurse came in and, and looked at it and, and said, can laughter do that? I said, oh, yeah, laughter. Laughter will increase your heart rate and keep it up there as long as you want it. Yeah. I wonder if that is a scriptural point. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And that when we're happy, see, <clears throat> a lot of times people say, well, there's nothing to make me happy. Yes, the Word of God. We are called to live the Word of God. A merry heart doth good like a medicine. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And therefore, Jesus said, I came to give you my joy so that your joy would be full. Well, you don't see what I see. That's true. But if you will see what the Word of God says and believe what you see, it can change your life. Are you ready to get rid of all weariness, all, all stuff that leads to discouragement? We can do it today by making the decision. I'm not going to live the way I have been living. I'm going to walk by faith. And if the Word of God says it and declares it, issue is settled. And when somebody's trying to pull me away from the Word of God, which, which is my fuel for my faith, I'm not going to go there. Even if I have a thought, I'm going to take that thought and by faith, do exactly what the Word of God says. I'm going to line that thought up with the will of God and with what Jesus said. And if it doesn't line up, that thought is being cast out, never to think again. And if it tries to return, I'm going to cast it out again. Because the devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may destroy. But the Word of God says we resist him in faith. And that faith will drive the devil away from you. James 4, 7 says, my mind just went blank. Glory to God. I was feeling so good. Resist the devil. Submit to God. <laughs> Submit to God. <laughs> Resist the devil. <coughs> and he will flee. And you cannot be submitted to God without walking by faith. Let's all stand. Glory to God. God is a good God. God loves us. And God wants the best for us. <clears throat> tonight, <clears throat> we're going to go out of here with a little bit different in just a few seconds, but I do want to say and share with you now really the most important part of any service, I think. And that is that if you're here and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to settle that issue immediately. Because there is a heaven, there is a hell. Hell is reserved for the devil never for people but heaven is set aside and the only entrance into heaven is through Jesus
not through good works. You'll never be kept out of heaven because you've been bad. You'll never be into heaven because you're good. Heaven is reserved for those people who have accepted the blood of Jesus, accepted the fact that they've made mistakes, and realized that the only way into heaven is through Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let this be the moment that you make that decision. You may be here and you've never accepted Jesus into your life. Maybe you have, but you know, like the prodigal son described in the book of Luke, you've, you've drifted away from God. Don't stay there. Make a decision and come back home. And if you're here and you say, Pastor, I know I've drifted away from the Lord. I, I know my life is not right with God. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. And we're going to pray for you. Father, you know every single person that's here. I pray, Lord, if there's anyone at all away from you, this would be their moment. Now let's make this confession. Jesus... I believe that you're the Son of God, and I believe that you died for my sins. I ask you to come into my heart, take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be all that you've called me.